Holy Spirit, may your word alone be spoken and heard in Jesus' name. Amen. I am so happy and grateful to be preaching from this pulpit today, although I was also very grateful and happy last year when I turned 80 years old uh, to turn over preaching to our four excellent preachers. We are blessed by four great priests, each one with unique gifts to give St. John's. The gospel today concerns forgiveness, a very important and complex subject. So forgive me if I start by telling you about our rescue dog, Sammy. Last summer, our border collie, uh, older border collie, coincidentally also named Sammy, died of cancer. And all winter in Arizona, I looked for a mature dog to take his place in several shelters and online. Because of my age, I didn't want a puppy, but I needed a dog to fill the, that space in my heart. And I finally found a seven-year-old rescue dog, also named Sammy, in a, online in a shelter in, Felter, um, in Thane, Wyoming. And I picked him up on my drive back. He's an Australian shepherd, very beautiful, well-mannered, housebroken, and affectionate. But I discovered he's very anxious. And twice since we've had him, more dominant dogs have attacked him. And he barks and lunges at any new dog for fear of attack. So I can't take him on my usual trails, and it's, it's, an, it's a little challenge. So I told the vet, and the vet suggested trainers. And Jackson Hole Positive Training's advice is what put me in mind of Jesus' uh, question about how many times to forgive. Well, follow me. <laughs> the trainer said there are two dimensions to healing the dog's um, anxiety. His particular fear of being attacked by another dog and the anxious worldview caused by his being uprooted from his home and given to a shelter, which is apparently common to most rescue dogs. We have to wor work with both. But first, the trainer said, work with his whole, his whole worldview, his whole worldview, and to lower the anxiety. Keep him calm with safe places to hide, gentle handling, and a routine. And then eventually, when he learns to trust, we can work on the unwanted behavior. I think human forgiveness has a lot in common with the dog's anxiety. Human forgiveness may also involve broadening our worldview. And I keep thinking that she put her arms like this. Jesus was constantly trying to broaden the worldview of his disciples. And he called his worldview the kingdom of God. Now, that's a phrase we've heard so often, it almost loses its uh, significance. So I've been thinking, what, what's another way of saying the kingdom of God? It's Jesus' vision of the truth of our exi existence. For him, the truth was that God is the ultimate power and in charge of everything. So Jesus consistently taught, in, in, and you'll be interested if you keep this idea that when you hear a parable, 
it often goes back to the wider worldview. Jesus' God-centered world is hard for us to grasp. Two weeks ago in Jimmy's sermon on the uh, burning bush, he suggested there might be burning bushes all over the place, but we don't notice them. And in her novel, Gilead, uh, Marilyn Robinson, a, a wonderful writer, write, writes, wherever you turn your eyes, the world can shine like the transfiguration. You don't have to bring anything to it except willingness to see it and the courage to see it. That's interesting to me because why would it need courage to see it? Well, we better think about that because I hope to help you see it today. Um, the problem is where we focus our mind. Of course, when we're driving a car, we need to pay attention to the traffic, not burning bushes. And we need at work. So many of us work before a screen. But countless um, hours before a screen for recreation, to me, is a problem whether it's a TV or a computer or a tablet or a phone, it's not that we can't do it for, for rest, but it's like um, devoting our mind's attention to dirt instead of God's feast, which is all around us. Like a child playing video games in a car with eyes on the screen and missing the mountains and the moose and the wildflowers. A fourth century mystic Evgarius defined sin as forgetfulness of God's goodness. Forgetfulness of God's goodness. That's what makes us anxious. Perhaps goodness is too small a word. So every seven days, we have the reminder day. In Christianity, it's Sunday, and in Judaism, it's the Sabbath. How can we keep remembering Jesus' worldview? So I'm going to share with you today some of Jesus' own words from the Sermon on the Mount. What a privilege. Think not that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. You have heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. If anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the left also. If anyone asks for a coat, give him your coat as well. And anyone asks you to walk a mile with him, go the second mile. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy. That puts a new light on that lesson from Exodus, which was a very tribal lesson from that stage of life. But if you loved your enemies, you wouldn't rejoice. They were all being killed. Can you see how Peter's question about how often to forgive would be answered by the Sermon on the Mount? It's a question that, from the very limited human worldview, not from God's view, which would be to forgive as many times as it takes. Jesus continues, 
Look at the birds of the air. Consider the lilies of the field. Judge not that you be not judged. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. That one has tripped me up for all my life because clearly it's not saying that you ask for anything, not to ask for a new car or a parking spot, which I'm often tempted to do, but ask to change our worldview from the small individual problems we have to God's worldview, which is the truth. You are the light of the world, he said. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God. And Matthew continues, when Jesus finished, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority. These are difficult and mysterious sayings, not only different from the lesson in Exodus, but very different from what our culture teaches us today. If anyone can live by them, that is the heart of Christianity. Well, is that Sermon on the Mount, you may ask, relevant today? Obviously, I don't think you would be here and I wouldn't be here if we didn't think it had some relevance. A large part of humanity is out of sync. The United States and all nations are suffering unprecedented, I hate that word, but it probably is unprecedented anxiety. The world is crying for the help that we can offer. Our job as the church is to be the healing team. And this month in um, Wyoming is the uh, time when we're praying and working for uh, the terrible problem we have with suicide, particularly among young people. We come here on Sundays to remember who God is and who we are. We are God's forgiving team, every one of you. And we are God's healing team. We come together on Sundays to participate in the power that Jesus brought us represented by the bread and wine. And we become that healing and forgiving team. But we need to be reminded every week because we forget too. We forget about God's goodness. Each day and every hour offers an opportunity both to find God for ourselves and to spread the good news. And to spread the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And today I have the... Uh, great privilege of reminding you, which you have heard before, what the fruits of the Holy Spirit are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here is a healing prayer, and we will have uh, two members of our smaller healing team uh, during communion at, in, the, uh, in the little chapel there. You are going through something hard or painful. 
but you are deeply connected to the greatest power. You are forgiven. You are forgiven your forgetfulness, your fear, your anxiety. Even momentarily, you have begun healing. Like my rescue dog, we need the experience of caring, safety, and protection to trust the world again, to trust God again after traumatic experiences. Blessed are we when we love the word of God. Even if we can't fulfill it yet, it will grow as we detach from our fears and anxieties. In the words from the Hebrew scriptures of the 23rd Psalm, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and my staff, they comfort me. You anointed my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank God. Amen.